Hey, this is Cooper Smith. I'm one of the student worship pastors at Eastview, and I'm honored to welcome you to our Eastview Students High School podcast. We hope this is encouraging, inspiring, and helpful for you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy the message. I appreciate the enthusiasm. Hey, things are going to look a little different for our, our teaching time today, guys. And uh, if you've noticed, Zach's not with us today. Zach's in the big house. And uh, he's probably, what time is it? He's probably on his way. He's on his way back here. He's not here. So he preached at 9 o'clock here. He went over to Bloomington for their 10 o'clock. He's probably back here for 11 and then back at Bloomington. So with that rotation, uh, we can't have him here. And uh, what you're about to find out is it actually takes three of us to fill his shoes. So Kim and Cooper are going to be joining me. I need to start my timer because apparently we can't do this for more than about 25 minutes. Is that what I Otherwise, the whole place will blow up if we're here past 12.15, we're told. So um, I, I talked a little bit about where we're going today with this series called Leading Questions, and uh, that's exactly what we're doing. And, and I mentioned that, that Jesus asked his followers a lot of questions, and so that's why we want to hear this, uh, this part of this, this, this series, because we're Jesus followers, and we need to be considering the same questions. And so uh, Mark is where we're headed today. We're, we're going to be in chapter 7, verses 14 through 23 specifically. I'm going to read those in a minute. But uh, today's title of our sermon or our pastor panel discussion is called Following is Internal, Not External. So we're going to talk about our hearts and we're going to talk about outward expression and, and some of that. And so Kim and Cooper and I are going to, we're going to navigate about six questions. Uh, hopefully time allows for that. And uh, I didn't start my timer yet. Are you timing me? I'm not. I'm looking at my notes. Do I got to go back and count the minutes already or? <laughs> I will. All right. So. We're going to do that, but first I want to read the scripture because that's a lot of what we're focusing on today and, and what our questions are going to circle around. And so if we were in the book of Mark in chapter 14 through 23 of, or verses 14 through 23 of chapter 7, here's what we would find. And Jesus is speaking to a crowd. Uh, he's been speaking to a crowd. And he's about to finish with them. So here's, here's verse 14. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You're defiled by what comes from your heart. Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd, and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Don't you understand either, he asked. Can't you see the food you put in your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. Yeah, there's a joke there somewhere. Um, but by saying this, Jesus declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes, which didn't align with some of the Old Testament practices. But Jesus changed things. So he went on to say in verse 20, he added, It is what comes from the inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these things come from within, and they are what defile you. So that's, that's where our discussion's going. And so uh, we, have, we have six questions, six, six, six things they're hopefully going to trigger some responses, and uh, that's where we're headed. So hopefully, hopefully we can keep your attention. If you're sleepy, um, we'll try and shout real loud or something at some point just to, to startle you. So here's, here's our first question. It's a two-parter. Let's jump right in. What is Jesus really saying here in the Scripture, and why? Kim's out. Why was this a big deal to his followers? So what is Jesus really saying here? And why was this a big deal to his followers? Kim, you got up and moved, so you have to answer it. (laughs) 
I forgot the microphone. Okay. Huh. All right. Um, I feel like it's it's easy for us to get caught up on um, in a bunch of in rules and guidelines and commands that the Lord gives us in the Word. Those things are actually amazing and important and designed um, to help us in this life. But I feel like sometimes, I'm hoping you guys understand this when I'm saying it, but when you think about a rubric at school and you have a project or a paper or something, it gives you guidelines, right? Things that to do or not do and how many times you can do it to get a certain grade or whatever. And um, I feel like if we're... If we're not careful, we can kind of base our faith on like a faith rubric where we're like, hmm, well, I don't do this that much and or, um, well, I never do that or I do this a lot. So I'm scoring really good in these categories. Anyway, I feel like rubrics are great in some ways because they can make you feel good about what you're doing, Um, but also it can also freak you out. Um, if you feel like there's a lot of pressure with it, right? And I think we can get caught up in saying, okay, well, I may not have an A here. Maybe not an A in my faith. Perhaps a B. But Cs get degrees, right? Um, or um, at least I do better than the girl that sits next, sits next to me in this class or whatever. Um, my point is, all those things are, it's so many times that's, the outside. That's what we see on the outside. And it's really easy for us to get discouraged by it sometimes or to even be prideful of it because we feel like we're doing a really good job. But when we really start focusing on external things, what we do, what we don't do, say, don't say, um, a lot of times we take our eyes off of Jesus. And honestly, I think it's really important um, to remember that it's the heart that counts. And for us to live the most wholesome, um, Christ-like life that we can is not the goal. Jesus is our goal. And having that personal relationship with him, it's all about that. And he will start working on us from the inside out. And I don't want to take, I know this is a lot about second, the second question we're going to talk about. So I want to, we're just going to hit on that type of thing today. And the reason, the second part of the question was, why is this a big deal to Jesus' followers? I feel like um, it was a big deal because it was really easy to be with Jesus and to be seeing the, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all, you know, know the book of the law and all those things and get caught up in all the, all the details when they had Jesus right in front of them. And their relationship with him is the most important. And when, and he's teaching them so that we can learn from that too today. So I think that's kind of where we're starting. Sure. And then that does play right into the second question. So Coop, yeah. let's, yeah. let's see what we can add to that in this. And so question is, how is following Jesus internal, not external? Yeah, I, I, I've, um, I think a big thing is like, you don't have to raise your hand, but raise your hand in your mind. Um, if you've ever felt like you've had to earn your faith or earn your place with God, somebody's raising their hand, that's great. 
Because, like, yeah, I think that that is a common, a common thing that a lot of us feel like we have to do. We feel like we have to do all these things in order to earn favor with God. When in reality, we already, if we confess our faith in Jesus, we already have that favor with God, and we, everything we do comes out of that relationship. A lot of times it's easy to think we have to earn it, but we actually, we live out of a faith in Christ. And so, like external, like it's kind of like God is, God is changing us on the inside. He's making us more like him, and then that shows itself on the outside, if that makes sense. So, and yeah, that's what I would say. And I want to add too that I guess I I compute following Jesus being more internal than external because I'm I'm guessing most of you, if not a few of you, or a few of you, if not most of you, can relate. But for me, it feels easy or easier following Jesus externally. Um, there are places that I and I am all week. One being right here on on stage or in, in our church services. But uh, I assume we find ourselves in situations throughout the week where we're expected to follow Jesus. The people around us are Jesus followers. Uh, it's easy for me to live up to that when, when I'm here, when I'm hanging out with a group on Wednesday nights, when I'm with a, a group of adults that are believers. But I think, I think the challenge for us to recognize and live in, in this idea of it being internal is when we're alone, when you're, when you're at home in your room, when you're in your car, when you're places that you think no one else sees you or no one else knows your thoughts or no one else, no one else is even around or, or able to, to take in what you're experiencing, where does your heart go in those moments? Um, are you still thinking in the vein of eternity and, and, and I'm here to live for Jesus, I'm here to honor God with whatever actions I'm doing right now that no one sees? Or, or, or do you fail in those moments? Because I, I, assume it's, I assume it's some of both. We fail and we succeed in those moments. But I think it's, I, I assume no one's struggling to, to fit in or to understand that. It, it's easy for me to, to put on my best show here. But when I'm home in the afternoon and no one's around, when I'm, when I'm driving in traffic and someone cuts me off when, yeah, I just, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Am, yeah. am I, am I still, am I still following Jesus? Would Jesus look at me and go, oh dude, I would not have done that. You, you failed there. And, and I know that I fail. I'm human and I'm thankful for the grace, uh, on the cross. But, uh, anyway, I, I hope, I hope you guys are challenged by that, that, that you, you focus, focus more on what's, what's in your hearts than, than what you show up uh, in front of your friends and, and your peers when, when we're amongst Jesus' followers. But I need to keep us moving, so let me do that. Here's question three we're going we're gonna to address. And so what do you or what do we find are the ways we or high school students follow Jesus externally? And let's think about assumptions uh, about what we have to do to get salvation, uh, maybe just to win the love of Jesus. Yeah. I kind of talked about that already a little bit. Um, but, like, how many of you guys serve in some capacity in the church? Raise your hand. A lot of you guys. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, that's, that's an example that pops to my head of serving externally. And that's something where the Bible talks about in James. It says, without, um, without works, faith is dead. But that doesn't mean that you have to earn your salvation. Basically what that means is, again, it's like genuine faith shows itself in external following. And it's not always, sometimes you have to do things that, like following Jesus is hard. And it's it's hard sometimes. But I just, I feel like a lot of times, if we, a lot of times I ask high school students, or I ask some of you guys in the room, um, or just Christians in general, I'm like, so if, if, if I were to ask you this question, how would you respond right now? How, what is, how is your walk with God going? Or how close do you feel to God? 
an interesting question. A lot of times people will respond and say, so and so, you know, they'll say good or not so great. Sometimes it's not so great. I haven't read my Bible in a while. That's the first thing that I hear. Sometimes it's great. I've been in my Bible every single day. And it is super important to be in your Bible. But that's not, that's not faith. By reading the Bible is spending time with God. And it's super, super important. But a lot of times we think if I've, been, if I've read my Bible five days this week, then I'm that holy. If I've read my Bible seven days, then I'm that holy. If I've read my Bible no days, then I'm, me and God aren't, he's not happy with me, which is not true. And so I want to encourage us with that, like not to put legalistic standards on ourselves as we follow Jesus, but instead to pursue a relationship with somebody that's not a robot. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not a fixed being. He is, he is a, he is true to his character at all times, but he is, um, He's moving and he's working, and he wants he wants to spend time with you. And yeah, that's a little bit longer than I than I meant to go, but hopefully that's not too long. It's the <laughs> I was, place getting, I was getting ready to grab your microphone minutes. because you're taking my time. But anyway, <laughs> no, I do want to add to that because I want to I want to relate following Jesus or being a fan of Jesus. I'm going to say because that's where I want the discussion to go. I, I want book? To, yeah, not a fan. yeah. So we've done that study. Some of you may have done that study called Not a Fan. It's got some 10 or 12, 15 year old videos, so it looks dated, but the content's still good. Um, but in the, in that study, and, and what I want to talk about is, I think a lot of times being a Jesus follower or being a Jesus fan can compare to the way we, we cheer on sports teams. And so I, I think we all understand this when I say uh, a lot of us are casual fans of a team or of several teams. And so we may we may not always know when certain teams are playing, but if we're if we're happening to be driving by or if we're happening to flip a channel and, and our team's playing, we might get caught up in it. We enjoy watching. Let's use the Cubs, for example. Uh, we might enjoy baseball. We might enjoy the Cubs. We might flip by and, and, and stop and watch it for a little while. We're just a fan. We're just a fan. We're not a follower of the team if that's our, if that's our, if that's our attitude towards them. But if you're a follower of that team, I think you are. I think you are. And there's probably more. Sorry about your... 20 run um, thing yesterday. Anyway, if you're a follower of that team, you know team stats. You know the coach's first and last name. You know where some of the players played high school, if not a college baseball. You know when their last game was. You know when their next five are. You know what their record is. You know who's scheduled to pitch next game. Do any of us follow Jesus like that? Do we plan our week around connecting with him? Or are we just a casual fan? And I'm not asking you to make you feel guilty because I know where I am and sometimes I'm back and forth. And do I feel guilty about that? You bet. Do I, do I recognize times that well, I've been a casual fan and quite honestly I don't know when my next time to be a dedicated follower is. I don't, I don't have that in my mindset. I don't know when I'm going to read my Bible next. I don't know when I'm going to take dedicated prayer time aside. I'm so poor and disciplined that I have to put scheduled reminders in my phone to pray for this person today. And maybe that's... I'm starting to play the old man card more and more, like I forget if I don't put a reminder in. You do that? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Welcome to my world. Um, I'm old now. But, but I hope that makes a little sense. I hope that also challenges you guys to be a dedicated follower of Jesus, not a casual fan, because if we truly want to know him, if we truly want our heart to be in, in close connection with him, we've got to know his stats. We've got to know where he's been. We've got to know what he says. We've got to know when we're going to see him or hear him or talk to him again. And, and I know we don't know necessarily when we're going to see him again, but we need to know when we're going to have contact with him again. And so I hope you guys are challenged to become followers and not content to be fans.
fans of Jesus. So, Cooper? Yeah, that's good. I took time, too, there. But anyway, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me run us forward here. So, let me get my right notes here. All right. Question four. What do you guys find, or what do we find, are the things that often defile the heart of a high school student? And, and we could take this opportunity to be very vulnerable here. I guess that's not a note for them. <laughs> <laughs> was, that was the question. We could be vulnerable here. We could be vulnerable here. It's like when you're like reading a script and you like read like some of the <laughs> Exit stage or whatever. Left. Yeah. Uh, Hesitates. Trying to, trying to expand my expand my text so I could read it with my old man eyes. But anyway, <laughs> we're here. All right. Um, so I think I'd like to reword this just a little bit. So what do you find are the things that often defile the heart of any of us, right? <laughs> um, uh, because I am pretty good at defiling myself. I'd like to go back to this list that's in Mark, and I s- switch to the NLT because I usually do NIV. But here are some of the things that they that um, Jesus is saying that get in our way. Um, out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, um, sexual immorality, theft, murder adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. These are the things that come from inside of you. These are things that can be trapped in our hearts. Um, And I feel like that's for all of us. And that's just just part of a list. You know, we we actually even brainstormed some other things that we thought are, are probably engulfed in that list a little bit, so there'll be some similarities, but these are the things that we talk about a lot in here, in our small groups, um, in our homes. Um, We talk a lot about struggling with um, lust, porn, things like that, gossip, idolatry, basically having false idols, which is anything that gets in the way between us and God, that takes the place of God they're getting more attention than God is from us. Like um, your social media image, um, gaming, friends, some, you know, grades, sports, fitting in, being busy. None of them are bad things. Well, maybe some of them might, no, those are all fine. Um, there are things that can be bad that can get in our way, but a lot of good things. Should we name those two or? Well, I'm we, well, there, I'm kind of naming them otherwise. <laughs> you already did. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that they're bad, but they can still get in our way, which is sneaky, right? And then um, comfort, maybe not following Jesus when it gets hard, that gets in our way. Um, laziness, um, lying, even worrying. I'm not talking about anxiety specifically, but specifically choosing to worry about something and letting that get in the way. Um, I get it, guys. I have a lot of things inside my heart that are not right, and they take the place of Jesus sometimes. Jesus is always there, but sometimes they just squeeze him to where he's just in this little part. And the stuff that I struggled with in high school, honestly, I almost struggle with it more now just because of the nature of what I struggle with and the nature of our society right now. For me, a lot of what I struggle with is um, letting things 
myself in particular get in the way of my eyes on Jesus. I would say it's like arrogance or something like that, but it's not the way you think it is, probably. Um, I really struggle with letting myself be okay with how God designed me. Um, I struggle with self-image. Um, whew, I did not sleep enough last night. <laughs> I hope I can do, do this. You do great. <laughs> um, uh, with just feeling unworthy and unloved and unwanted, irrelevant. That's a danger with working with high schoolers, by the way. I feel very vulnerable all the time with you guys because I feel like I'm one cringy moment away from you guys not thinking I'm cool enough to be here. <laughs> um, those things, they, you know, they sound, oh, super sad and all those things, and they are and they're really hard, but they often get in my way because my, I don't let God be big enough to overcome that. I don't let God be big enough to trust him that he made me a masterpiece. And I try to tell you guys that all the time, and I struggle with it myself. So, you know, it's one of those things that's really, it's easier to, you know, encourage other people with, but sometimes it's hard to take care of in our own lives. And um, so I just want you to know, all three of us, Zach, Anyone who works here, your parents, your teachers, we are flawed. <laughs> and we have things inside that we have to work on too. So let's do that together. When we work on that inside and keep our eyes on Jesus, then there's that song that all the things of the world will go, grow strangely dim because our eyes are on him. So anyway. I don't know if we we should just leave stage honestly after that. That was fire. Stop. That was great. Yeah. All right. Well, I was kidding. But but I do think we want to hear. Make sure there are two things we take from that, and, and that was great, Kim. Thanks for sharing that. But one, there there there's nothing that the blood of Jesus can't cover up. Amen. Yeah. And, and that's that's one thing. I hope you guys hear that. And I know that wasn't said, but it's implied. But the second thing is. is we don't want any of you guys struggling through what you're going through alone. Um, yeah. One of us has probably struggled, if not all of us have probably struggled, or maybe even still struggling with the things you guys are struggling with. And so your small group leaders, your pastors want to want to navigate that with you. And so don't ever think you're burdening us by saying, hey, can we talk? Uh, we want to hear that. And so, yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing all that, Kim. I, I do want to keep this moving because mm -hmm. the church blows up at what time? Anyway, um, so here, here's... That's a joke. Here's, <laughs> that's implied, but, I, but we but should I spell that out. But I will keep this moving, all right, just to try and stay on, on track here. So let's uh, let's tackle two more questions. Here, here's, here's the first one. How can students guard their heart above all else? Kim, you got any more here, or are you, you tired, you winded from that last one? No. <laughs> I do have a, a couple of things. I'll, I'll try to be brief, but um, I did think about it because I feel like um, I feel like like we've been saying it and we, we're going to keep saying it. It's, it's about it starts with the heart, right? Working from the inside out. And um, I feel like um, there's if you want to go really simple, if you pursue Jesus and you really pursue him, then the other things will shake itself out. You'll find yourself 
um, doing the, all those things that he gives us as, as rules and commands, you'll find yourself naturally doing those things because you are pursuing him. And I think that's actually really cool and beautiful. But I also want to remind us, too, when we're sorting through things, it's good to question and question wisely. Go to the word. Um, go to the people that you trust and who care about you that are believers. Um, there's a, a couple places in the, in the Bible where it says that everything is um, permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And I, I kind of hold things up to that sometimes. There's lots of times where it's, oh, it's technically okay to do something. It's not a sin to X, Y, and Z. But is it really good for you? And I think that's part of how we can start questioning. Is this going to lead to maybe another choice that's just a little worse for me or a little worse for me? Am I guarding my heart? Am I really trying to... Find out not not necessarily is the question, is it bad for me? But maybe the question should be, is it good for me? Is this going to keep my eyes on Jesus um, in a way better than ever before? So I just encourage you guys to ask wise questions. If you don't know the answer, seek wise counsel in the middle of that. I'm going to add to that, but I'm going to try to talk a little faster because we're running out of time. But um, this is what works for me, and hopefully you guys can relate. And so I guard my heart by, uh, I, re- I remind myself, and, and you guys need to be reminded of this too, we, we have a pretty easy tap into some pretty powerful stuff through this power that we call the Holy Spirit. We, we have that available at our fingertips if we want to ask the Holy Spirit into our lives in certain areas or all areas. But um, here, here are some prayers I've, I've lifted up to try and help me guard my heart. And, and I don't understand the mind and heart of God. And I, I won't this side of heaven. None of us will. But this is how I relate. This is what I do. And so let's say, let's say I struggle with lust. And so I have prayed these prayers of, you know, God, when I'm tempted to dwell in lust, would you, would you give me a sensation of nauseousness or something uncomfortable that pushes me away from that? Father, when, when, I, when I am struggling in seasons to to not read my Bible, to be drawn to other things, would you put in my heart a passion for reading your word like I have for reading fishing data and information? I've prayed those prayers. It might be goofy. It might be wrong. For me, it's right. And that's what I've done. That's what I do. It helps me protect my heart. I don't know if anyone can relate. I don't know if anyone wants to relate. But that, that's where I've been. That's where I've gone. And, and, and apply whatever, whatever worldly struggle you have or whatever spiritual discipline you want to have more of and apply that to your life and, and pray those prayers. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you power when you need it. And, and don't discount don't discount prayer. It's, it's something that I think sometimes I've been guilty of overlooking, thinking I can fix it. I'm disciplined enough to, to do this. I'm strong enough to resist this. And at the ripe old age of 25 or however old I am, I still fail. Um, no one laughed at that, but anyway. I did. They, I did. they laughed. They laughed. All right. How about one last question, and we'll have to hustle through this, guys. But uh, what does it look like as we talk about following Jesus every day? I think a lot of times every day. So look, we have that. We have those uh, those banners right there. We have like every day over here. We have everyday T-shirts. If you got an everyday T-shirt, you've you've probably seen it around. You've worn it. So every day is our. Don't you thing. have a tattoo? No. I don't have a tattoo yet. I was thinking like right across my forehead. Um, but what I'm, what I think every day can, we can twist that into thinking that if we don't pray, if we don't read our Bible, if we don't, et cetera, if we don't check off these boxes, 
then we're not doing it right. And I, and I want to I challenge that mindset that every day is not a checklist. Every day is pursuing Jesus every day. Pursuing Jesus in your life, in every moment of every day, and you're going to fail, and it's okay. Just keep going. For me, I read my Bible every morning. At uh, So I get up, I always get up for the day, and I read the Bible. I, I take a shower, I make coffee, and then I read the Bible for 30 minutes-ish and pray. And there's days where I miss a day, where I miss a day. Let me just, th- Tuesday, I have coffee with a friend at 7 a.m. I'm probably not going to get up at 5-something that morning. It's just not realistic, and I'm going to miss that day. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick it up the next day. And I'm not going to be guilty. And so I want to encourage you guys with that. Um, following Jesus every day is not, a, is not something that should feel guilt-ridden, but it, it's just pursuing Christ, pursuing Jesus with your life more and more um, every day. For me, I would say I am um, not Cooper and not my husband who get up and get into the Word every day and do really well. I, I remember I told you I have a hard time accepting that I'm a masterpiece sometimes. And one thing I've had to come to grips with, it's been a process over my life, but especially these last few years, is to, re, to be okay with how I've been created. I have a very short attention span. I don't, um, I have a, there's a lot of upstream spiritual habits that are hard for me. I do, I lose track when I'm praying. I'm not really great at um, reading my Bible all the time. So I have to come up with creative ways. And I've learned to be okay with doing things that are more my style. That's how he made me. And I, you know what, I feel like I'm finally getting to be okay with that. I can't pray for an hour or even sometimes 15 minutes. But I can take five minutes um, like three or four times a day. Or I can listen to the word while I'm getting ready on my Bible app or do mic talks or something like that. So for me, um, I, had to, I had to release the idea of what I have, you know, what I felt like was the right thing. And I had to do, be okay with how God made me. And I want that for you guys too because he made us all so different that the ways we can get to know him are, you know, just too many to count. So let so find out how you connect best with him every day. And then, you know what, guess what? For me, it changes like in a week. And then I adjust. And sometimes I'm like, dude, it's been a while to since I've tried this, so try that again or whatever. Anyway, I've got lots of ideas if you want any ideas because I've tried many things. So um, let me know and I'll um, help you out with that. Well, I'm going to acknowledge we're in overtime here. I didn't do a very good job of keeping us on track. It's all right. Um, But uh, thank you, Kim. Thanks, Coop, for for sharing your hearts. We're going to wrap this up. I'm going to pray for us. I know we've got some more uh, more worship to do, but if you guys wouldn't mind praying with me, I I want to ask God just to to kind of wrap this up around us a little bit. Father, thanks for for wise words from from my coworkers, from other people who love you and pursue you, uh, not only for their own hearts, but also for the benefit of the hearts of the students that we get to, we get to do life with here a little bit each week. And so uh, I hope I hope we took in just a little bit of what you wanted us to hear today and that we can somehow be drawn closer to you. We can be challenged to bring more of you into our hearts um, so that so that we have we have a closer connection to your heart. That's our desire. And so uh, as we as we continue on our service, would you now let us enter to a time of worship that uh, that continues to honor you? It's in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the message, we'd love it if you would join us on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. for our Eastview Students High School service. We also want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast and share it to your social media accounts. To stay up to date, check us out on Instagram at EastviewHSM and check out our Eastview Students YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.